know, I'm just going to edit it probably and let it ride. I like starting like if you watch a previous podcast, I always like starting like just on the run. Like you just hit the oh, ground yeah. running. There's no like I'm sitting here with Pittsburgh based artist Cody Sable. You know, I'm not going to do that. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's too like that's too newscaster. 100 percent. Definitely yeah. not not the play. But are you from Irwin originally? I am kind of I, I do want to get into the Cody Sable origin story at least. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I went to Norwin. I graduated in 2013. Um, so yeah, and when I moved back to Pittsburgh from Kentucky, where I went to college, um, you know, you you start out by living with your parents, and then I got my own place kind of close to my parents because I had to have like some financial help because when you start out as a youth pastor, you uh, don't make money. Um, and then um, when I got married, my wife and I uh, had a baby really quick. So our, our goal was to like move to a different part of Pittsburgh. And uh, when we got pregnant, we were like uh, a little bit nervous. So my parents were like, well, you're gonna need help. You need to move by us. So I bought a house in Irwin and now I'm just like, we didn't really need that much help. We should have just, we should have moved to Cranberry. <laughs> <laughs> should have just moved straight to Wexford, you know, just, just get yeah. it. It's like, that's where we're headed anyway. Right. So yeah, that's cool, man, though. That's a, that's a good little journey. And there's obviously nothing wrong with Irwin. And it seems like things like what year was this? What year did you finish college and, and move back? Uh, 20, uh, the end of 2016. Cause then I did my internship at the university of Pittsburgh uh, at the start of 2017. Okay. This seems like you, like most people probably know Cody Sable from the paintings on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, you know, that's what they know you for now in the city. When did that start happening? Because it seems like it happened extremely fast. Just for me as a casual observer, it went from like, wow, this is, this guy's really good to, wow, this guy's like doing official stuff for the Penguins and the Steelers. It, it seemed like it just happened immediately. Like, what was that process like for you? Yeah, I think, um, well, the first thing that really took off for me was I did a speed painting in uh, 2017 of Phil Castle that took off. And I, I, I like time-lapse it. And truly, I did it to show to Mikey and Big Bob at uh, 96.1 Kiss. And uh, they, they loved it, but it really took off. Like it took off, like you would never believe. Um, but only after I got a direct message from a, uh, a girl that was like, I know Phil, I want to give him the painting. And this is a girl from my hometown. And I was like, who I haven't really met, but like I knew of her and I was like, yeah, I don't believe you. I don't, <laughs> I felt like I was like getting like one of those, I could get this to fill and it's like, yeah, okay. Or you maybe just like want this painting, but like, I didn't know. And like, what did I have to lose? So I gave it to her. And then like two months later, uh, I got a picture back with Phil and the painting and the Stanley cup, like all together. And then it was picked up like all over the news. That's unreal. As a yeah. Pittsburgh kid, man, what was that moment like to see your painting with the Stanley Cup, with a Stanley Cup winner, who's also a cult hero in the city at the time? Like, what was that moment like? Yeah, at the time, it was uh, it was awesome. It was one. Of, it was super unexpected because I remember just being at my parents' house hanging out, and um, I mean, it really just like caught me by surprise because I just got this picture on sent to my phone from a number I didn't recognize and it was like it was the picture and I <laughs> posted it and took off so like the the fact that I didn't expect anything uh really made it like oh my gosh like this is crazy this is a this is a pretty wild thing so it was like picked up by like nhl.com wrote an article about it uh I made it to like nhl network and then it was explained to me because WTAE ran a story on me and they said, uh, yeah, this wasn't just like Pittsburgh regional, like 29 other news stations from all over the East coast picked it up too. So it, it weirdly, I mean, think about it, dude, this is this picture of Phil Kessel 
smiling really weird at the 2014 Sochi uh, Olympics. Like it was not, it was, it was a joke. It was a joke for Mikey and Big Bob. Yeah. That's freaking amazing, man. So in that like two month span between you giving her the painting and then actually getting a picture back of Phil, did you think that it was just gone that she did just scam you? I, I honestly, after I dropped it off, I didn't think about it again. <laughs> so what a, what a surprise, dude. I mean, that's crazy. So it is kind of valid. Like my observation from the outside being that you kind of just blew up overnight. That is honestly kind of what happened here. Like this went viral. And then I assume did more athletes start reaching out to you after that? Or what was the, how did you keep the ball rolling after that? Yeah. So I didn't really get a lot of work from that. I think people just looked at it and they thought it was cool, but the, a really interesting part of like my career of, of the, the taking off moments in the summer of 2017 was uh, Josh Harrison of the pirates was having a charity event at, at like right outside where my studio is at now at Eddie Merlot's and I sent a cold email to the uh, ticketing people who were just like, Hey, buy tickets here. And I sent them an email like, Hey, I'm a speed painter looking to, and I sent like a few video examples. I'll do it for free. Like, you know, this, I just want to be a part of it, you know, for charity. And they called me like 10 minutes later and were like, are you serious? Like you'll do this for free. I was like, yeah, of course. They're like, well, will you do Cam Hayward's event and Sean Lee's event? And all? Wow. so I ended up getting a lot of these athlete eyes on my stuff quickly because like half of the Steelers were there. Um, most of the pirates were there who they're all no longer on the team. Uh, <laughs> like Garrett Cole and Jameson Tyone and Trevor Williams and, you know, uh, Josh. It's so, but it was, it was really cool. Like that, that really uh, sprung me a little bit because I got that, the athlete eyes and then doing work for these athletes therefore like kind of kind of boosted my instagram a little bit a little bit yeah I, I would say you're doing okay now man so for people maybe just tuning in just listening it's it the question will probably be like why in the world are you talking to cody sable like he has literally nothing to do with mma in pittsburgh but fun fact he does have something to do with mma in pittsburgh like first of all you and Ryan are really close. I know this. Like, I yeah. don't know exactly what the connection is there. So just to dig in there first, like, how did you meet Ryan? How did that connection happen? So when I was a youth pastor at the Bible Chapel in the South Hills, uh, Ryan was the outreach director and the missions director, I believe. I don't know his title. He never did any real work there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, roasted. Um, and we got close because we went to we went on a mission trip together with my youth kids and all the youth kids from all the different Bible Chapel campuses. And he's the one kind of leading this as the outreach guy. And we went to Panama in July. Mm. So it was like 105 degrees every single day. And on that trip, we basically became best friends. Like, so many so many funny things happened on that on that trip uh like we just laughed the entire time and uh, our bosses were like <laughs> technically ryan was my boss that week but like my real boss who was also there was like uh are you gonna like do anything other than joke around with ryan <laughs> and i was like no this is what I'm doing. There was a time I, I made Ryan laugh so hard because we did like a giant group prayer. And there was uh, this, this sweet little high school, uh, like just a sweet little high school girl. And during the prayer, I put my hand like on her, the top of her head as we were praying. And every time the pastor said something, I just like shook her head a little bit just to be like, yes, Lord. And looking back on it now, uh, I probably shouldn't have joked during the prayer. Yeah. But it made Ryan laugh so hard. Everything I did that week was to make him laugh. Nice. nice. And this poor little girl was like, what is happening? So, I mean, it was just... Uh, probably check up on her, like make sure she's okay, that she's not like scarred from that. 
Yeah, she's in therapy now. Um, so okay. aren't we all though? You know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Make sure uh, make sure that story is okay to tell with Ryan because maybe maybe he doesn't want to know how immature he really uh, can be. Sometimes. Oh, everybody knows. Trust me, people people expect that from Ryan. I think this is totally on brand. Like this checks out. I don't even need to question the validity of this story. I know that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's he's quite a, he's a jokester, no doubt, man. But then, so to bring you into two four seven land, you did the painting for Comma Worthy. That yeah. was awesome, and that was before my time with the company, actually. But I, I still remember when that was happening. Did, was that an auction? What what ended up happening with that painting? Um, I don't know. I. Uh, most of my job is just to like go and and paint live right and then as soon as I'm done painting I I'm so like whatever happens to it happens to it yeah. you know if if a company has me come in or you know um it, it's it's basically their painting so I don't know where that painting is or what has happened to it but um yeah that it was it was still such a fun event and that was the that was the first one nice yeah, that's awesome, man. I thought it seemed like it was very early on in the two, four, seven days. Did you get to meet Kama? Do you know Kama at all? I did get to meet Kama, but um, at maybe Braunenberg seven. Okay, he was there because his brother was fighting. Right, right. And and I kind of introduced myself, and and uh, yeah, super nice guy, crazy talented fighter. Good win there too. That was a good one. Yeah, to be at. yeah. yeah. Nice, man. So what's your involvement with MMA? Do you, or do you follow the sport? Do you like the sport? Or is it just something that you kind of got into through Ryan and just kind of casually follow? It's definitely something I got into through Ryan. Um, Ryan had a big passion about it. And, and what's really cool about Ryan and being there in the days where we worked in the Bible Chapel is, is we, we got to talking about like our dreams and what we wanted to do and what we wanted to become. And this was always Ryan's dream from the beginning. And I tend to latch myself to things and the people who are uh, pursuing that dream that they've had. So um, like, like Ryan talking about himself uh, wanting to be a fight promoter and being super interested in it. And then being at Braunenberg like seven and eight and seeing like a packed house and all these people getting up for it and, and, and the craziness surrounding it. Like it is so cool to like, to watch how it's grown in such a short amount of time and it's hard for me to sit there and not be interested and involved and want to follow it because yeah it's it's super great but also i got to watch one of my friends go this is my dream and then just do it and do it extremely well yeah no i mean it, it's been amazing and just you know on my end being a part of it's pretty incredible too i used to cover like i don't know how much you knew about me but i used to cover MMA like at the UFC level when I started yeah. my, my degree in college was in journalism and I was covering MMA at first and then got in on the Pittsburgh sports scene and now into Pittsburgh MMA so it's been a pretty funny transition for me too and there's always been something about local MMA like I'm glad you kind of said it but like the atmosphere at 247 events just always feels special to me honestly like like you being a guy that's been to Steelers <laughs> I assume every major Pittsburgh sports team, like you've been to these packed house capacity crowds, but like there's something special about a local MMA show. I think like the vibe there, the intimacy is just different. Like, did you pick up on that when you were at Braun the Berg seven and eight? Yeah, a hundred percent. What what's what's really cool about it is uh, the local guys always bring people to, Hey, get out of the shop. <laughs> ruining, ruining the beauty there. Oh my gosh. Like get out of the way. You and your fancy creamer. Um, the, here's the real difference between the, the big like Steelers and Penguins event um, is people have stake in, in those like people who are fans, they bought tickets, they bought merch, they bought jerseys to, you know, they, they have their Juju jersey and their TJ Watt jersey. Uh, the people that have attended um, these MMA fights, um, a lot of them know the, the fighters and they really get up for it. The, the energy there is, is so organic and natural because 
I mean, it's, it's your buddy fighting. It's, it's your son fighting. It's your, it's somebody that you've known for a long time fighting. And when you bring your crowd, like that energy is, is almost so hard to find in any other space because like even places that are kind of big, like Monroe Convention Center is a huge place and it, it feels so intimate and so like, like the energy is bouncing off the walls in, in, a, in a super huge space. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, man. That's actually, I'm glad you picked up on exactly the same thing that I always do when I'm at the events. And it's that the connection between the fighter and the fans that come out. Like when you're at a UFC event, you know, you're fans of the fighter. Like you might like Conor McGregor or whatever and be a rowdy fan, like, like we would be rowdy Steelers fans or whatever. But when that is your literal brother or son or boyfriend or husband fighting in the cage, like it's a whole different level of passion and it's a fist fight. Like the nature, yeah. the nature of combat is different than somebody going out to play a game, I think. So there's just, it, it really does hit different. Like I definitely encourage people to get to a local MMA show if they're interested because it's, it's a totally different vibe. And I'm glad that you picked up on that too. Yeah. I honestly, um, I can't think of another thing that I've been to recently that, that matches that. And I'm not just saying that I've been to so many things over the past, like a uh, couple years. And for somebody that doesn't have, um, like, I don't have any fighter knowledge. I don't really know who's, who's going people who follow MMA absolutely obviously do but i'm such a like a casual person that even just walking in like i'll just pick a guy to root for every match and just you know that's awesome it's so easy to to get into it and and to to get involved and also what's really fun is like um i try to get really good seats when i when i come to see these uh the the fights and when you get the really good seats the people who are in the group of like we're here to see this person he's our friend like you just end up getting grouped in with them and now you're rooting as hard as you can for them it, yeah honestly it's, it's really cool yeah man it's infectious and i think it's cool that you've been able to experience that for sure it's a unique experience like i said i kind of encourage people to to try to get out and experience that and, I, and like you said i'm not just saying that because I'm now the GM of the company and I want you to come to the show. Like I would say this 10 years ago, like local MMA is just, is just really, really cool. But man, I want to talk about kind of the transition for you. You said you were into the youth pat, like you were a youth pastor for a long time as the art has taken off. Have you had to scale that back? Are you still involved in the church or youth pastor side of things at all? No, I'm not involved in, um, like, uh, I don't have a role within a church or, or anything like that right now. Um, my ministry, the, the things that I do for churches and, and uh, organizations that are faith-based, uh, I just, you know, I go and paint for them. Like, my ministry is painting. Like, I love being a youth pastor because uh, I got to have these really deep, intimate conversations with kids. I got to play a lot of cool, like, games, got, you know, made these really cool relations, relationships with people. But um, you know, after a while, I thought like, you know, I feel like I was given, given it, like a really great talent, you know, and the drive and the passion to want to get better at it. Uh, any chance that I got. And because of that, I thought like this, this has to be my ministry. This art stuff has to be the ministry. So I try to go to different churches. Like I'll be at Calvary Church um, this Sunday, which is in Irwin. Um painting because they're honoring first responders so i'll be doing like a painting of that in a church um so my ministry is different but it's it's i think very unique in some ways and i'm always looking to do more ministry sometimes you get caught up with like oh you got to get uh cam hayward's cleats done for for my cause my cleats so you're spending sunday morning doing that but yeah so I don't work in a, a church organization, but I do like the freelance ministry stuff uh, every chance that I have an opportunity to. Oh, that's awesome, man. And, and like shout out to Cam Hayward's cleat because that thing took out, took up the entire camera when you held it. What size is that thing? It looked massive. Uh, 15. 15. Okay. Yeah. Pro probably kind of standard for those guys. I don't know. I mean, they're massive humans as somebody that's been around them. They, they don't make sense. So let me ask you a question real quick. Does this look like a John Deere cleat? 
I could see it. Like if you told me it was a John Deere cleat, I would believe you. I wouldn't okay. necessarily think that off the bat. It's not. It's like a Palmer. Uh, it's called the Palmer Land Conserv- Conservancy. Conservancy. Okay. Um, they're based out of Colorado. Those are Joe Schobert's cleats. Nice. And I was doing them, and I was like, man, these look real John Deere. Okay. So uh, he, gave me, he gave me the thumbs up, though, so I'm not going to feel too like, nice. bad about it. It does look like John Deere Green, not going to lie. Do you know the Joe Diffie song, John Deere Green? Classic. I don't know. Oh, man. Is that a country song? It is a country song. Absolutely. Are you, are you big in the country? Not really, man. So I grew up in a in Fulton County, PA, which is like South Central PA near Breezewood-ish. Yeah. So this yeah. super, super, super country area. Like there were like 60 kids in my graduating class kind of place. So, you know, it's in my blood to a degree. I can't totally avoid it, but I'm definitely like, heavy metal death metal oh, that's I, I, great. Yeah. yeah but yeah I, I get down to some country like that joe diffie song's pretty good not gonna lie i'll send you a link when we're done <laughs> yeah please i'm not a country fan but you could send me that link anyways and it's you know it's i painted with a uh, george Strait last month there you go yeah i saw that that was so killer people were like this is like the coolest thing ever and it's so funny because like i don't know any of his songs <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about him, um, but he was like the nicest guy ever. So cool. Super. Yeah, it was like a running joke with my in-laws for a while because they're both really into country. So they'll always be listening to country and they'll like ask me who who, who I think the song is because I never know. And I just say George Strait every time. And you have like a 50 percent chance of being right on country. Right? Like if you just say George Strait, it's pretty safe. Well, that's so funny to me because I like to piss off country people and I I just say Florida Georgia line. Oh, see, that's that hurts. That definitely hurts. People don't like that the pop country type right. of crossover. So that's oh, terrible. Yeah. It is kind of terrible. What's your what I mean, what's your preferred music? What do you listen to when you paint? I'm a like my favorite band right now is uh, the Killers. Okay. Um they just released two albums in the last two years that I'm still listening to like uh, alternative punk rocks, you know, like um, that kind of stuff. I, I have ventured into the heavy, heavier stuff. And by heavy, I mean like early a day to remember and okay. like, like not, not nothing too crazy. Like, no, we came as Romans and like nothing like that. But um, you know, uh, I am a big Coldplay guy, um, big Panic at the Disco, uh, Fall Out Boy's first couple albums, like Define My Childhood, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. I, nice. I wouldn't, there's a band right now that I'll, I'll plug that I went to uh, college with called Mother Folk okay. that came with an album. It is fantastic. Nice. Is it kind of alternative as well? What style? It is alternative. It's like... Um, like jukebox the ghost and uh you know bands like bands like that um it it is honestly a very unique album that i uh i i I really it's hard to compare it to to anybody right now okay cool even more reason to check it out if it's that unique that's awesome yeah yeah it's cool because i had like principles of teaching like a sophomore level class with like two of the guys who are now like they played at Lollapalooza, which is like pretty big deal. And I'm like, yeah. man, guys who like kind of formed at Kentucky Christian University, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, they could be looking at you the same way. You know, you've done big things as well. Moving on up. Well, I, you know, they, they, they don't think of me anymore. I'm <laughs> such an afterthought. They, they don't even think of me. Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, I, I did want to ask the like, what is your celebrity status in Pittsburgh? Because to me, obviously I see on Twitter, Instagram all the time. Do you get noticed when you go out now? Like, has it reached that level to where people know, you know, you, or is that still the climb? Yes, I do get noticed, but it's easy to do that when your pants are like covered in paint, you know, it's a good so point. Like my, my studio is right here in market square. So like, you know, I, I get, I get noticed by people cause like my, you know, people from Pittsburgh have really rallied around me and supported me and uh, whether they know it or not, just like the interactions that they made with me on social media and in person have uh, like, have really mattered. Like, I don't think I could have been 
popular in any other city. Mm. Like it had to have been Pittsburgh or nothing because nobody loves their sports like Pittsburgh does. And uh, that's where I've, you know, done a lot of great things is in the sports art realm. I've done a lot of great things. Um, I, I think, I just don't think it would have caught on like that. Like, and I'm so appreciative to everybody in Pittsburgh who has, you know, been nice to me or said something positive or just followed me or, or whatever. So I, I have, I have gotten noticed a little bit, um, but I wouldn't say that I'm a, it's so hard to be like, yeah, I'm a popular person in Pittsburgh when I'm just like an adult finger painter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes sense, man. Do you, do people reach out to you all the time? Like trying to get you to promote products? Are you an influencer in the making? No. Um, yet no nobody's really tried to get me to promote anything and you know I don't think I really have like a ton of followers on Instagram or or Twitter that would really uh that would benefit another company like that sure but I think that the people that really like my stuff like they they really do support me like that the people that follow me really follow me because they they like me. I don't, I feel like I don't have a lot of indifferent fans. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, the people that follow me, they they really, um, they really do support me, and I love that. And I I don't feel like I get a lot of indifferent people that follow me because, you know, you got to be a Pittsburgh sports fan, I guess. Right. I mean, it's a pretty specific thing to be interested in to follow. So, like you said, if if they're following you, it's probably for a good reason that they know what they're getting into. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, some finger painting, some football cleats, and, uh, you know, that's all I, that's all I really post. Yeah, yeah, man, I saw the, I saw you did the, the Halo piece, which is behind you right now. Oh, what yeah, is, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Was that just a for you kind of thing, or are you going to try to sell that, or are you just hanging on to that one? Um, so, I, I feel like I'm getting into the part of my like uh, my career where I want to do things that I like and uh, hope that other people like them too. Like I'm a big Halo guy. Uh, it was my favorite game when I was a, when I was a kid, the first one came out when I was six and well, that makes sense because they're just celebrating the 20th year of Xbox. And uh, now that I'm 26, like I remember being so young and the demo came for Halo combat evolved in 2001 and because my dad had xbox magazine do you remember that at no, all? I, I don't remember xbox you magazine not at all man surprisingly no not something i really ever got into i had consoles i was always a playstation kid growing up but yeah never never like a crazy gamer by any means oh i'm ter- like i'm terrible like i'm, I'm a liability <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, like when i play with my friends i do it because i need something that helps me shut my brain off you know and uh playing video games has definitely helped that uh but, but you know i love halo because i always play with my dad like back in the day uh That's awesome. it just continued with friends and stuff so i did a, a halo piece a spider-man piece because you know i think people like i want to do things that people are excited about and i think people are excited about the new halo game i think people are excited about spider-man no way home and uh so i'm kind of transitioning into like a more pop culture uh, thing um because i've painted juju way too much <laughs> yeah right right that's interesting man it's funny to hear you say that because that's one thing i definitely wanted to touch on and that was that you know you you mentioned you know this is your dream and it's clear that things are are clicking for you right now but it's still a job at the end of the day like it's still you're getting hired you're getting commissioned to do this work and it's still a job are you ever like mid painting and able to step back and just think like, man, I'm this kid from Irwin that's literally painting for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Like, does that ever hit you or is it, are you too deep into it when you're doing it to really realize what's happening? Yeah, I'm too deep into it. Uh, And that's just me being candid about it because here's the thing. When I started out doing this, my dream was to do paintings that Mario Lemieux would like and Sidney Crosby would like, like, if I did paintings for them at any time in my life, that would be like, that would be the goal to 
do things for guys like Jerome Bettis and Ben Roethlisberger. And I did all of that before I turned 25. Yeah. And the thing, the thing about that is, is as grateful as I am for those opportunities, it really made me go like, well, there has to be something more because I've met Sid a dozen times and he's super nice. And he has three of my paintings and people ask me all the time, like, Oh, what's Sidney Crosby? Like, he's like, he's just, he's like the most normal guy you've ever met in your life. Yeah. You know? And, um, so I do think about it as just a job because when you kind of cross all those things off your professional bucket list so fast, and I'm grateful for that, you kind of have to like sit back and go, well, do I love this because I get to be around the guys or do I love this because I love painting? And truly what I found is it, it is all about the work. Like I, I don't really uh it doesn't really affect me that i get to talk to tj watt a lot because tj's like four months older than me you yeah, know what i mean yeah right we're the same age we're in different tax brackets but we're the same <laughs> age you know yeah, yeah. it's hard to be like it's hard to be starstruck all the time and, it, and i know it sounds like i'm so ungrateful for it and i'm not but my perspective is just different because like like everybody's just a guy, you know? And you know who's made me really, who kind of introduced me to that idea so quickly is uh, the late, great Tunch Ilkin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who, and, and the difference, I guess, is like, you know, uh, you asked me about being around all these guys and how, like, because they're, I mean, they're heroes to so many people. Mm-hmm. Tunch made, made everyone feel a sense of worthiness. What Tunch did was he took, he worked so closely with, with homeless people and broken people at the Bible chapel that he elevated them to a, um, like he made them feel so worthy. Like they're like, and so valuable. And I think I say all that to say, I don't really look, at anybody as as this great high person because of their because of their job and it, it truly is how they treat people i i i love tj watt because he's an incredibly nice guy mm-hmm. one of the nicest guys i've ever met sid is one of the nicest guys and that you know they're valuable to me in that way yeah and i know that's not the exciting answer but, you know, I've been around them for like four or five years now, and they always blow me away with their humility and not because they have like this special glow around them because Sid has the greatest backhand of all time or because TJ is a monster on the field. It's just, you know, I sit back and the thing that makes me feel grateful the most is just the fact that I could wake up every day and just make whatever I want. Like it really is all about the work. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I love that you brought up Tunch. So I got a Tunch story that I think resonates perfectly with, with what you were just saying. When I first started covering the Steelers, I saw Tunch just in passing at the Rooney complex at the practice facility for people listening. Um, And I was brand new on the beat to covering the Steelers. So I just introduced myself, you know, I was excited. I was excited to meet him. And just said hi, gave him my name, whatever. That was it. We went our separate ways. Super nice guy. A couple months later, I was covering the Steelers in Los Angeles for the Steelers-Chargers game and passed him again and said, hey, what's up? And he said, oh, hey, Hunter, how you doing, buddy? How's everything going with the new job? And I was like, dude, there, I could not believe that he remembered my name. And that seems like a really small thing. But like for people listening, just got to understand like how many people – touch me today is unbelievable and I was literally just another reporter like there was nothing to be nothing to remember nothing to be excited about like granted I'm a tall ugly ginger so maybe that helped me out a little bit like I I had that going for me at least but like when he remembered my name who I worked for that I was new on the beat like just every he 
didn't miss a beat and just like you said made me feel extremely welcome and, and that was my lasting memory of him for sure I knew him for such a short period of time but dude that just an amazing human like you said almost almost seemed like a fake human like too good to be true yeah I so to me he he was the closest example that I've ever seen of like what it truly means to to live like a like a Christian mm. and I, I remember he called me you know a couple years ago just to maybe I think we were talking about like man up or a uh, just one of those faith-based uh things for for like men's ministry and we were talking about it and he just that you know like typical tanchi was just like hey how are you how you doing I remember being like like telling him how overwhelmed with with work I am and how how much pressure I kind of feel to to deliver the best stuff all the time and uh he was like oh well, you know can I can I pray for you you know I was like yeah man you could yeah that would be nice thank you and and then he just started praying on the phone like you know with me there and I was just driving kind of like well I can't really close my eyes and fold my hands but I was just like listen to Tunch pray for me it's just like that's the kind of guy that he is he he's the greatest he's the greatest uh celebrity i've ever met yeah if we, we want to call it that he and you know i'll i'll always look at his example he he'd always give you that kiss on the forehead and ask you how you're doing i have uh his book somebody gifted me his book and they said that they were giving it to me like as a surprise and he wrote this note in there, man, I'll never, I'll never, uh, that'll be like one of my, my greatest prized possessions is that 100%, book. 100%, man. I think it's, it's really funny because it's something that you said, like Sidney Crosby, TJ Watt, just being normal people. But then it's, it's always amazing to see how many people within an organization like Tunch is of course, not of that celebrity status in Pittsburgh, but just the other people that you get to meet along the way, I think makes it so special. And maybe, I don't know, like, is that potentially contributing to why you feel that way about TJ and Sid, that it's just like, it's a, it's all about the job. But like, once you're deeper into it, you realize how many special people just top to bottom are in this thing. And it's just be, it's just that you're, they're special people. It's not because they're athletes or because they are who they are, but just special people in Pittsburgh. Yeah, when I say that it really is all about the job and it really is all about the work, I don't say that to be, um, I don't say that in, in a negative way. Like it, it gave me a greater, um, a greater sense of gratitude towards like what I get to do and who I get to be around in the sense of like, like I just, I just love that I get to do this every single day. And that's, that's what I find valuable. Um, and I, I don't know, I, th I think of it as only in a positive way. It's like, there is no special Aurora around these guys. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't want to be treated um, any differently than how they're supposed to be treated. Like, like on this past Monday, I was at Cam Hayward's charity event. And we talked about the TV show, Dave, for like 30 minutes. Nice. Know? Uh, they're just they're such normal guys but yet we're at a charity event where cam hayward is raising money for you know a number of of different causes and i think one of them is the southeastern brain tumor foundation like these guys who are so good like cam hayward to me one of the greatest stealers of all time he's special to me because he um just his character and what he does with his platform that sure. um, is inspiring to, to everybody. Like you start to value less of what people do and how good they are to other people. Yep. When you get to do that. I'm just, dude, I'm just a, I paint shoes and I'm a finger painter. Like I don't get to be in the same conversation with like at Pittsburgh celebrities or Pittsburgh sports stars or whatever it is. Like my job is so funny that I, it's, it's hard for me to talk about when people are like, so you're a Pittsburgh celebrity. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of as a joke. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you're definitely being modest with that. I don't think the vast majority of people that know you would say that it's a joke or anything of the sort. You know, it really does feel like you've earned that, man. Like you said, it, it was a dream of yours. And I don't think it's any coincidence that it's kind of laid out 
that way for you? It seems like you've always kind of had your mind aligned with this being an end goal, maybe. I mean, of course, not the end end goal, but I mean, things are progressing along the path that I'm sure you envision. So it's it's interesting, man. It's cool to watch you climb for sure. Oh, thanks, man. It's it is fun. And you have no idea how many people I've had conversations with. I had two two people that I've had conversations with today who are creative people who are now realizing that they have their dreams realized, like their dream job realized. And they're like, I don't know if it's truly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't as sweet as I thought it'd be. And I, and I mean, me and Vinny had to remind them like, yeah, because the reward is never as sweet as the work. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like when you play football, you don't re- like you remember sitting on the bus feeling realized and rewarded after you win a game. I don't know what that's like because I played football at Norwin. Uh, but, ah. but I remember playing in the game more than I remember what happened after the game. After we won, it, it's, yeah. it's within the work Yep. That, nope. I, that I find that reward. Yeah, man, it's super crazy. It's crazy relevant also to fighting. You see so many guys, even all the way up to the UFC level, that they become UFC champion. They realize their what they thought was their lifelong dream, and then they get that belt, and literally nothing changes. And they all say, well, not all of them, but so many fighters say, I thought it would be different. I thought there would be more than this. I thought I would wake up and everything would just be changed, but I woke up and everything was exactly the same, except now I have a belt in my house yeah. with me like that's it well i always thought that you'd like get pulled through this trap door after you did something like that put you into that category of i made it and they would give you like a crown and a sash and obviously metaphorically and just be like hey man welcome to your new life mm-hmm. things are different now you've finally made it yeah like you completed that's the just, game show yeah yeah and that's just never how it's gonna be so you have to when you get to that level and it's so easy to say that like when when you feel like you're at that point, mm-hmm. like, like I was talking to uh, my pastor, Jeff Terpstra this morning at Norman Christian church about how, like, I wouldn't be able, I feel like I wouldn't be able to successfully take that message of fall in love with what you do and not with what you can be like on Instagram or TikTok or the reward that you could get fall in love with what you're doing, because that's where the real reward is. You're always if you don't fall in love with that, you're always going to be chasing something that's unattainable. The goalpost, the goalpost for what you feel like is realization of your, of your dreams and goals will always move. If you feel like, if you feel like there's a reward to chase, the reward is that you get to do the great thing that you get to do. Yep. Absolutely, man. And obviously Pittsburgh, Sports fans aren't going to want to hear this, but like, look at Tom Brady as the perfect example. As many Super Bowls as he's won, he still wants that next one just as badly. Like that, like you said, the goalposts always move. Okay, you won seven. Well, let's go win eight then. Like that's my new goal. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, if I may speak on behalf of Tom Brady, which I'm sure he will endorse. Like Tom Brady just loves the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Like the rings will never be enough, but the game itself is enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, so- it's interesting when you can frame your mind, like, like you have with your work, like you've, it sounds like at least you've got to a point now where the work is what you love. Like that's why you're doing it because the work itself is fulfilling to you. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm stressed all the time and I'm overwhelmed but I'm a 26 year old business owner who makes money by finger painting. And it's hard to like escape that. Like, I hope I get to finger paint next month for money type of mentality. And especially during COVID, I think COVID has ruined me mentally. Yeah. Um, You know, I, everybody struggled during COVID, but, but the idea that something like that could happen where our lives just like are at a halt and, you know, live events were gone. So I had to kind of do whatever it was. I did everything up to just before starting an OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's next. That's next, though. <laughs> if this goes downhill, you know, I'll think about it, I guess. <laughs> joking. Um, I had to do whatever it was to make us money because 
when you know when March hit where things started shutting down like my son was three months old and it was like okay well that's like our household income out the window and it kind of put you in this primal I have to provide type of like uh, type of state of mind and even now that things have come back it's sort of like well that's always an option like yeah absolutely things can go crazy wrong again so I say yes to everything and I get overwhelmed and stressed and I feel like I can't deliver to people so uh you didn't ask for me to say all that <laughs> but I but I'll just talk until you tell me not to. Dude, I appreciate it. That's why we're here. That's the beauty of a podcast, right? It's just open-ended. You get to say what you want, man. I mean, that was the stress, like you said, for a lot of people at that time. But you throw a kid on top of that, that's a crazy amount of stress for you, man. And as an artist, like you have to be in a good mind space, right? To do your art, to do your craft. How are you able to balance that and not let it interfere? Because it's kind of a catch-22 situation, right? Like the more stress you feel, the less likely you are to paint or paint well. So it's doubly important, which only heightens the stress of making sure that it's okay because it could totally shut you down. So yeah. how, do you, how do you avoid getting in a funk like that? I would say that I don't do, I don't do that well. Like I, I, um, I don't handle this well at times, but I do what I have to, you know, um, what's really helped me was getting a studio space. And more importantly than that, um, was getting a studio space with my friend, Vinny Candelori, who's working diligently next to me on our, my cosmic fleet thing, because we both have a my son's almost two. He has a two-year-old daughter. Um, you know, we're in the art game together and we feel, maybe he doesn't feel like I'm not going to speak for him. Um, but I feel like he has um, similar experiences to me in regards to all this. So we can just bounce our frustrations off of each other and kind of, we kind of get through a lot of these things together. And I have um, a very supportive wife at home who's eight months pregnant uh, with our second uh, child who you know my kid's such a monster dude he is a he is basically a t-rex you know? <laughs> I love but it she, she has a she has um, for for somebody who's balancing a part-time job and taking care of our, our two-year-old she I mean she is a, a warrior in her own right uh, my manager, Nicole, holds me together uh, as only as only I think she can in regards to the work. I feel like we're all just balancing on a on a thread and we've done a really good job with it. I haven't. So I, you know, I struggle with anxiety and depression with um, with the different seasons of things. And uh, every every day is different. And I don't handle anything particularly well so when you ask me like how do you handle all of it not good <laughs> yeah and that's but, a t totally acceptable answer yeah i don't want to give you like the the you know the bs like roundabout way of just saying like oh man every day we just stick it out it's like yeah we do but it's it doesn't look good right you know? right it, it, it's messy and it's sloppy and that's just the reality of it i'm only gonna give you authenticity here that's, Hunter. that's the realest that's why cody sable is the realest in the game ladies and gentlemen yeah. but but dude on, on a serious note like i'm glad that you went down that path because i think as like i said as random as this podcast might seem for like a pittsburgh combat sports podcast i think a lot there's a lot of parallel between your climb and that mental commitment that you have to do and a fighter that's working their way up, especially on the local scene. Like their, their grind is behind the scenes. 100%. I, I tell that to everybody, like everybody shows up on fight night and when you win, you get a big submission or you get a big knockout. That's great. And everybody freaking loves that. But 99% of what you did happened before you even stepped in that cage for these guys. And nobody cares about that. Nobody appreciates that. So it's kind of like you, like, like we see the paintings, we see you painting for the pens and things like that. But like your your fight is happening off screen. Like what we see is the highlights of Cody Sable. So I think it's there's a real parallel there. Yeah, I remember, so I played college football at Kentucky Christian University, and 
I remember a coach saying to me my freshman year that like, well, not to me, but addressing the team that, that we practice as hard as we do on like, you know, uh, Tuesday through Friday. So that Saturday is as easy as it can be. And I remember thinking like, Oh yeah, you, you, uh, you put in the work behind the scenes. Yeah. So everything else can just be easy for you. Yep. You know, the easiest, honestly, man, the easiest part of my job is the performance. Nice. And that's 100% how it should be, you know, in the, in the, in the octagon, right? Like it, the easiest part should be the fight. Yep. The hard part should be doing those Rocky four in the cabin in Russia type of upside down sit-ups or whatever. So that's what to do. Like that should be the, the toughest part. And I think, you know, you talk to any trained fighter, they, they will tell you that, that you win eight months before the fight or yep. whenever they start training. Yep. That's 100%. I mean, that's the, mo- that's almost a fighting cliche to a degree is they always say, I want my hardest fights to happen in the gym so that on fight night, it feels easy. I mean, that's definitely, definitely the goal for them, man. It's, it's super interesting and dude, and I love to see just how that mentality is paying off for you, man. Like, I'm not gonna, not gonna float your ego too much, man, but it just me as a casual observer, like I said, just following you from a distance, it's extremely clear that you work very hard and good things are happening in your life, man. So we're stoked for you on that. Well, thanks, man. I definitely, I definitely appreciate you guys. Um, I, you know, I'm super excited for everything that you guys are building over there and, and what has taken place over the last three or four years. And uh, it's only going to get huge for you guys. And I'm just lucky that I got to be a part of the, the inception of this dream. Uh, and just to see where you guys end up, it's going to be yeah. great. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's uh, let's get you out to an event soon for sure. And then we'll also snag that cigar. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm holding yeah. you to a cigar for sure. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, man. Anytime we have, we have people come up to hang with us all the time. I mean, we, we work usually during some of it. I think today we, we, <laughs> we had somebody uh, come in and sit on the couch while we like worked a little bit, but after we're done, we just kind of sit out on the fire escape and decompress and all that stuff. And please absolutely join us for that. That's awesome, man. We'll take you up on that for sure, dude. I, I appreciate all the time. I'll let you get back to either your work or your family. Like I said, you're a busy man, but dude, we, we genuinely appreciate the time and we'll, we'll run it back soon. Of course, man. Of course. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. And uh, I appreciate you guys for having